Hey everyone, this is the Everything is Light podcast. Uh, my name's Chris, and I'm here with my friend Drew. Hey y'all. And my friend Leo. Hey everybody. We are here with you uh, with episode eight, and we're wow. calling this one The Advent of Hope. Yeah. We're already at eight, <laughs> which is kind of cool. We just want to thank you guys for listening in. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to know that there are actually people that care and look forward to their Wednesdays. Uh, and we look forward to our recording uh, this and, and our listening back on it. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've had friends and, and acquaintances and such, you know, texting me and, and stuff like that saying, oh, this was hilarious and this thing was great. And we all kind of have these connections that we're making mm-hmm. kind of throughout our lives. And I feel like we're creating a little community here. It's good. With the Everything is Light podcast. It's really awesome. People are coming out of the woodwork and that's just what we've wanted. We've wanted to hear from you guys. Yeah, and have that community literally out of the woodwork like we're chopping trees down and (laughs) we're all lumberjacks because we live in michigan leo's bringing down walls we'll hear about that later (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up as we're starting here uh, what we're going to kind of do for the next three weeks Uh, we are in the christmas season full-blown we're actually a week late into the advent season Mm -hmm. Uh, and so what we're going to do for these next three weeks is we are going to do hope peace and joy and then it's kind of all going to culminate here at the Christmas season with love Um, and we just kind of wanted to celebrate that with everyone so what we're actually going to do over these next couple weeks is going to be really exciting Uh, Drew you wanted to talk about the next guest we're going to have I think yeah we're going to have some special guests Um, Father Kenneth Tanner is absolutely just one of my heroes Uh, he's been on a number of podcasts he has a parish here in town and just really cool guy he's got some amazing insights as well as um, Charlie Porter for the Fable podcast. I know he's doing a special event this coming weekend. It's this Friday, yeah. So uh, actually, if you're a listener to this podcast and you live close to the Detroit area, you are welcome uh, to attend this thing. Uh, Just go ahead and send us a message and ask for the address and we'll get it to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, uh, private message on Twitter, whatever you want to do. You can slide into our DMs (laughs) and tell us that you want to be there. (laughs) There will be food. (laughs) There will be food, yes. Uh, Bring your own beer and wine if you're into that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, It's going to be a great night. We're doing like a Christmas liturgy. Uh, and so uh, between Father Ken sh- coming and he's, he's going to talk about the incarnation and uh, and then the Christmas liturgy, uh, we're going to talk about the incarnation there also and just kind of really celebrate this this Advent season together. So it's going to be a fun time with lots of friends, yeah. lots of good stuff. So uh, with that being said, we are going to jump into Currents. Here we go. All right, Drew, you had a current for us. Yeah, this is big news. I I just can't tell you guys how exciting this is. I just remember playing with my Legos when I was a child, dreaming of a day where we would get to experience more Lando Calrissian. Ah, Lando. (laughs) On the screen and in our hearts. And uh, there is Star Wars news that upcoming uh, Han Solo movie, I believe, is what it's going to be, which that sounds awesome in and of itself, is going to feature a young Lando Calrissian. And Han Solo, I mean, if you've seen the new Star Wars movie, it makes sense. It's going to have to be something where he was quite a bit younger. Same with Lando. So they're casting a young actor for it. Just probably one of the most talented guys I've ever seen. Like, I've been following this guy's career for probably 
six, seven, eight years since he was on, started yeah. on a show called Community that used to be on NBC and then Yahoo and then other things. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> and they couldn't, they couldn't get anyone to pick it up, but they had to get to six seasons yeah, of the movie. Yeah, so good. But um, <laughs> I don't know they had a community movie. They don't. They're going yeah, to. Yeah, but okay. they're working on they're it. They're about to. They yeah. are, they're like tireless about that show. <laughs> like it's going to, they, like it's been like since what, season two? They've been two saying like in the show, six seasons in a movie. Hashtag six seasons in a movie. So, That's awesome. <laughs> so That's like really they've funny. been like tirelessly pushing, even if it's like Somehow. no one wants it, even if the whole world's <laughs> like, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. They're going to do six seasons in a movie, which I totally respect. Honestly, it's so funny. So anyway, um, at Troy from that show. Uh, the childish Gambino from, himself. From also from Troy and Abed in the morning. Troy and Abed in the morning. <laughs> Donald Glover himself is going to be the new, the proud, young Lando Calrissian. We have childish Gambino is playing Lando. Yeah. <laughs> How I'm so excited. Awesome. Yep. And a short hair terrier is going to play a young Chewbacca. <laughs> His short hair terrier. He's got that thing trained. It's called Chewy, actually. That would be awesome. I hope that that's true. Hot take. That yeah. Really funny. Yeah. No, it's gonna be great. Leo, what did you have for us? Uh, okay. So, um, in the last little while, I've been trying to figure out my whole living situation. Um, next year, I'm getting married, Woo. and uh, my fiance. Brittany lives at my grandma's old house and it's been really super interesting kind of like Hmm. trying to take small steps to make that our house um it was really interesting the other day uh when we were like tearing down wallpaper and there's this one wall that has like brick wallpaper Huh. It's really ugly brick wallpaper, so we're really excited to take that down. Is it not even trying to look like real brick? No, it's, it's really bad. It's <laughs> it's just it looks like you, it's it's like when like for Christmas you yeah. buy like Christmas wrapping paper. Oh no! And it's flat and it's brick yeah. patterned, <laughs> like oh. the brick background at Central Perk in Friends. Yeah, like, you know what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly that. And wow. so we. J- <laughs> <laughs> ha- okay, this the discovery of this was pretty mind-blowing um my family has really interesting taste and so um i wasn't surprised that this happened but it was just one of those moments where i shook my head we uh <laughs> took part of the the wallpaper started ripping it to find that there was an actual brick wall behind the brick <laughs> wallpaper and it <laughs> bricks on bricks on bricks yeah you just can't, yeah, can't have enough brick and it fake <laughs> wall paper paper brick it's a brick there's wallpaper all over this house eventually eventually um me and Brittany were talking about hosting like a a wallpaper party uh, (laughs) and just having a bunch of friends over for pizza and just going to town like (laughs) there's layers upon layers of wallpaper but i think it's really super cool um it's been really cool to be able to kind of like take something that was like such a big place in my childhood uh, my grandma's house and start forming it into the house that I'm going to be living in for like the first part of my marriage or for a while. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Yeah. I it it's gotta be so maddening though, like ripping off that wallpaper and mm. then there's just it looks the same behind it. Why did you cover <laughs> it? It looks better like with without it's this exactly on there. The same. <laughs> oh my god. No, yeah, for real. It looks so much better. Like with 
out the wallpaper and then i don't know my i, I asked my mom i like, i would have assumed that my mom would have already knew like already knew that there was like a brick wall behind there i why? texted her and i was like mom why what's going on <laughs> why and she she just said oh i don't know maybe they just didn't like the color of it oh oh man that's rough <laughs> speaking of rough Actually, no, this is one of the best things you that's mean happened chewy? all week. <laughs> Speaking of chewy, <laughs> rough, chewy, grizzle, grizzly, I don't know. Um, no, this is one of the best things that's happened all week. Uh, and when I saw it, I immediately said, this needs to be the current on the podcast. Um, so what has happened is, is I'm sure oh, you guys are, are well in the loop. You're well aware. For a second, I forgot what it was. <laughs> so, so over the last eight years, um, obviously technology has exploded and people have the ability to do incredible things with the internet, um, that they've never been able to do. You can make things on your phone that you used to have, used to have like very expensive programs on very expensive computers to do. Uh, and what people have been doing, as I'm sure you've seen, is they've been taking President Obama's speeches oh. and cutting them up and making him sing pop culture songs. They did it or, with George W. Bush too with Sunday Bloody Sunday. Yes, yeah, and I think that like over the last eight years during Obama's presidency, it has become kind of the norm to take the president's uh, speeches and words and that sort of thing and and kind of take word by word, clip by clip, piece them together, which I can only imagine must be insane amounts of work to make him sing the song that you want him to sing. This week, we have hit the pinnacle. <laughs> oh, man. They took President-elect President Trump's words from different various campaign speeches. And life. And life in general, and interviews, uh, and, and multiple other things. And my man sings Closer by the Chainsmokers. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and play the clip for you guys. And But with that being said, you, you have to go watch the video. But, but we'll play the clip for you guys uh, just so you can get a little bit of a taste. So here it goes. I just want it to be a friendly situation if possible. I don't know that that's possible. I mean, I've seen friends that get divorced. You know, you see them six months later and it's like cats and dogs and you understand it. Hey! I was doing just fine before I met you. I drink too much, Whoa. and that's an issue. But I'm okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey. Hey. Tell your friends it was nice to meet them, but I hope they <laughs> never see them again. <laughs> He's already so emphatic. It's just hilarious. I know it breaks your heart. Move to the city in a broke down car and <laughs> four years. No calls. Now you're looking pretty in a hotel bar and die. I, I, I die. Can't stop. <laughs> no die. I, I, I die. You know what's Can't funny is, is what we've learned <laughs> from the so AMAs baby, was that Trump is actually probably singing this better than the guy from the Chainsmokers actually you. can. What's awesome is this is how he actually sings. They didn't even have to put in all this work. From your roommate back in. Older we ever getting older. Yeah. Okay, just for your reference, if you were watching the video. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's dancing in the hotline bling room right now. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you have to there? watch the video. We're gonna send a link to you guys so you can we listen to it. I just, I can older. only imagine. I mean, yeah, listening to this, it just, I laughed so hard, and I said, you know, I have, I have not been, um, I have not been a very, 
uh, how do I say this? I've not been very supportive of President-elect Trump. I don't necessarily like the guy. I kind of think he's a little bit of a piece of work. But um, this, if this is all, if this is the best thing that we get over the next four years from this man, it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> over the next 80 years, because they're going to cryogenically freeze him. Oh, yeah. Like... Walt Disney, and he'll come out 80 <laughs> years later. Happy birthday to you. That's how he sings. Happy birthday to <laughs> you. <laughs> Wrong. That means you would have actually... <laughs> <laughs> they take clips of, like, <laughs> where's Obama's birth certificate? <laughs> Today. Wrong. <laughs> uh, oh, man. yeah. So, <laughs> that was my current... <laughs> It's a flow. Thanks for your contribution, oh. Chris. Oh, man. Oh, it's been man. a wild week. It, it was hilarious. I just hope that those videos keep on rolling, and I hope I can keep on laughing. <laughs> we ain't ever getting older. We ain't ever getting older. <laughs> hotline blink. <laughs> He's literally dancing in the hotline bling room, guys. You how have to watch there? the video. I don't know how they did it. I really don't know how they did that, and like him with the glasses is so funny. <laughs> you just have to watch it. I can't explain it. Uh, we'll link it in the show notes. We yeah. Have to. We'll have to. This is the bummer of an audio medium is like you literally need to pause this podcast right now. And Google, like Google it, YouTube it, do Unless whatever you need to do. Especially if you're pull, driving. Pull over if you're driving. You need to watch this video. You will laugh so hard. Anyway, <laughs> we have a great show for you all today. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, this this show is called, uh, as, as we had already said, we're calling this the Advent of Hope. So here we go, episode eight. Enjoy. We've all heard the Christmas story. It's almost too familiar to all of us. We start to forget the incredible beauty of the story. We just glaze over some of the amazing details and implications of them. The way that the story starts for a young, probably teenaged Mary and Joseph is this. An angel tells Mary that she will conceive a child, not from Joseph. They weren't married. God would cause her to conceive a child as a virgin a poor, unwed Jewish couple were going to usher Emmanuel into the world. How crazy. Seriously think about it. No one's going to believe this. In the culture they lived, even a hint of sexual immorality could ruin society's perception of you permanently. Could you imagine being Mary, coming to her fiancé who she hasn't been sleeping with, only to try and convince him that she's had a crazy dream? that she has a child in her womb that was put there by the divine. Joseph hears her out and chooses to lean in, to trust her. They went into the situation eyes wide open, knowing that most of their hometown wouldn't believe them, but they trusted and believed that the Messiah was coming into the world through their act of obedience. This is a nature of hope. It comes in the most unexpected ways. It surprises you. It revives you. Out of one of the most hopeless situations imaginable, the hope of the world came. This is the Christmas story of hope. The word advent implies this waiting or this coming of something. The advent of blank would kind of mean like something is coming or something is arriving. 
in the Christmas season, when we talk about Advent, we're talking about the coming of Christ. And we're talking about not only the coming of Christ the first time, as in baby Jesus, but also the coming of Christ the second time, mm-hmm. as in the return, the return of Jesus. Uh, and I think that when we're in this season, hope is such a good place to start. I love that the, mm-hmm. that the Christian calendar starts with hope. And anticipation. Yeah. We're anticipating hope. Mm-hmm. Well, because like hope, we talk about hope all the time here. We exist to tell stories of resilient hope, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of like our thing. And where hope starts is uh, we talk about it. We've, we use this definition all the time. It's the confident expectation of good. Mm. And so this hope means if you're waiting for something, and you're, you're expecting this thing, uh, whatever that thing is, is it's going to be good, you know, Yeah. yeah. Which, which I really love. I've heard people talk about an advent for weary souls it's an advent for the people who there's an anticipation of hope that hope is coming for the people who just are maybe on their last straw are yeah. feeling it the most and it, it's good news most for them yeah mm-hmm. you know for the mar- people who are marginalized and who maybe don't have much else to hope for right well, there's this there's this kind of funny paradox i think about hope because for me, what I've experienced is I, I only really experience real hope, like true hope, mm-hmm. when I need it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, it's just, you can confidently expect good all the time, but those times when you're in a spot where uh, there's a lot of division, those times where you're in a spot where there's just a lot of chaos and craziness uh, in life, and or those times when you think that things aren't working out and things aren't going to go well, mm-hmm. that's when hope comes and saves the day you know it sounds weird to say this but (laughs) the westworld finale was last night and i'm not (laughs) going to give anything away but i I was taking notes during the episode because there were a lot of really crazy amazing quotes and i learned a lot (laughs) about life and about this topic actually during the westworld finale everyone keeps telling me to watch that show i just don't have hbo so yeah we'll we'll figure that out for you thanks but um (laughs) they talked about how suffering leads to awakening Hmm. yeah and they talked about how suffering was almost the shortcut to realizing what's actually lasting or what's actually important and i mean it's so weird because where i live and where you live and where leo lives all three of the places we live have different context for suffering (laughs) like people suffer in different ways people talk about first world problems you know Mm -hmm. or like third world problems and you can awaken to different levels of mm-hmm. hope based on your suffering but also like suffering as suffering as this common denominator or this equalizer f- between yeah. humanity i don't know yeah. there was just something there i thought was really interesting yeah. yeah well even when we're talking about the the jesus story the birth story that you know you probably grew up in i don't know maybe you didn't grow up in a christian home but even even homes that aren't necessarily like church going people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it seems like around this time people start talking about jesus anyway yeah. you know cuz it's just that's just part of the season you it's read in the, the christmas air. story before you open your presents or you you know people naturally just they want to go to church on christmas and they don't know why um, but when we talk about this this christmas story and we talk about um, Mary and Joseph, and as we kind of walk through this story over the next couple weeks, um, what we kind of want to pull out is the paradox of the whole mm-hmm. thing, because as we had discussed in the monologue, like Mary had very little reason to be hopeful. <laughs> um, I mean, 
like to put it frankly, she looked like a whore. Um because she was the woman that got pregnant before she was married. And you know, there were there were like customs and there were yeah. things put in place by the Jewish uh people to where they would even be able to make sure that a woman was a virgin when she got married because yeah. they were <laughs> they took they put so much importance on that in that time period and for for God or for an angel to come to Mary and say, "Hey, so you're going to get pregnant, but it's not going to be from Joseph. It's not going to be from anyone else. Mm. Like you're going to have God himself growing inside of you. <laughs> like that's crazy. That's unbelievable. And and I guarantee you most of the people in her life, I'm sure, you know, the Bible doesn't really say anything about her mom or her dad or her, you know, her close family or her friends, like what did they think? And, and how, how ostracized was she from her community? Because she said, you know what? Yeah, bring it on. Like, I want to be that thing that creates hope in the world. Like I want to be that person that takes this on, you know? And then like, think about Joseph. Like, what if you were Joseph? Like, seriously, what if you were Joseph? What, what would you think? I'd be, uh, so conflicted yeah like so incredibly conflicted because you know like i mean i'm thinking this is a, this is the girl i want to marry and this is a girl that i imagine having a family yeah. with and so like to hear that she's having a baby outside of this relationship like first and foremost is like i would i i'm imagining like the fury hmm. right yeah, like, I mean, the story, like, her coming to Joseph and saying, like, hey, this is what's going on, this is what's happening, like, th- I, w- I, don't, I don't know if I would be able to, like, react the same. Right, right. And it almost feels like in the gospel accounts that, like, Mary kind of gives Joseph an out, and she's just kind of mm-hmm. like, hey, if, if you're not down with this, oh, yeah. I totally get it, because this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, like... I can only imagine his response, the emotions that he would have felt. Because for me, like, I mean, I think we forget that these people were human. Yeah. We make them, like, characters in this story that we hear over and over again. Like you said in the monologue. I said in the monologue. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they gloss over the details. And um, you just completely forget that these are people who actually had to make these decisions rather than this was a script that they had to follow through on. Yeah. No, totally. And then, like... If you think about being Joseph, just for a second, your fiance comes to you. You guys haven't been sleeping together. There's no possible way that you got her pregnant. Hmm. And she says, hey, I, I had an angel visit me and tell me that, I was, that I'm pregnant um, with God incarnate. <laughs> 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 like, there's got to be, maybe even if it's like 2 or 3%, of himself like somewhere in the back of his head he's got to be thinking like that is a very elaborate lie to just not admit that you've been cheating on me yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like he's got to think that and he's got to feel those emotions and um for him to just say like mary i love you and i trust you and whatever the heck this looks like moving forward we're in it together you know i i just think that that's amazing but out of that comes the hope of the world like, out of that comes Christ, you know? And I, it's just, it's one of those situations where you would not expect hope to come from that situation. Um, even even if they were right, even if it really was God, no one believed them. 
Like, no one believed them. The Bible even talks about how Jesus' own brother didn't believe that he was the Messiah at times. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you know, the neighbor down the street really doesn't think so. And they're just like, man, this couple, they're just getting it on before they get married. (laughs) And that, you know, they want to blame God for this pregnancy. How ridiculous. And it's crazy that that's where the hope comes from. (laughs) You know? I'm just thinking about this. I I heard this comedian talk about, like, Jesus' brother once and just being like, yeah right jesus <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like it's always your siblings who have like the most doubt in you because you're like i saw you like crap your pants the other day <laughs> <laughs> yeah you went to bed the other day jesus what are you talking about <laughs> that's hilarious um well there, there's this verse uh i i actually talked about it uh yesterday at, at our at my church so if you're listening and and you go to central church uh Sorry, but you get a double dipper this week. <laughs> but uh, in, in the book of First Peter, uh, like the Apostle Peter, one Peter, he writes, "Yeah, one one Peter." <laughs> hey, <laughs> tell your friends. Uh, never mind. First um, uh, Peter three uh, verse fifteen, he writes, "Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that lies within you." Wow. And uh, we talked about what that means yesterday, and we yeah. talked about what the coming of Christ means for hope. Like how, how do we have hope in, in that? And how does that give us hope and how does that infuse hope into our lives? And um, I think that that's a really cool discussion that we could have today for sure. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy to me because in all of this, like God is coming into our world and identifying with humanity. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird because like our culture at least my culture, I guess, so often just points at how evil and how terrible humanity is and, like, kind of drilled into me that people are awful. Um, Yeah. More recently, it's something, like, that's been on my mind where just in the first few books of the or chapters of the Bible even, uh, in, like, Genesis chapter 3 is, I believe, where um, sin enters the world. I'm using hand quotes. <laughs> and, yeah, where, you know, Adam and Eve, like, took the apple and left the garden. But that's not when the world was created, you know? The world mm-hmm. was created in Genesis 1, and mm-hmm. God called it good. Everything he created, he said afterwards, and it was good. Yeah. And, it, it, and that's an amazing, beautiful thing. And that always makes me think, like, I'm thinking back to those people in my life who's always said, like, humanity is so evil. Like, where are you living from, you know? Are you living from right. Genesis 3 or are you living from Genesis 1? Because if you believe, like, God knows what he's doing or God is God, like, he like, he knew what was going to happen. I mean, that gets into some pretty crazy, weird right. well, <laughs> thought and I mean, trains. You don't, but, yeah. Like, we don't want to be naive. Like, there are a lot of things wrong yeah. with the world. There are a lot of things wrong with us, you know, and like, I don't want to be naive and make it sound like, oh, there's nothing wrong. Everything's no. great and peachy. Uh, I mean, Jesus was a huge reformer. Mm-hmm. And when he came, he he reformed a lot of things. And a lot of it was was over pious religion and, yeah. and over th- and different things like that. But um, the main thing for me is that if we didn't start there, you know, we didn't start evil. We started good. Mm-hmm. We were intended for good. And then. Like I believe that the trajectory of of the scriptures and the trajectory of the world of is everything. is for good. Yeah, yeah. Like the it's trajectory of the way. universe is for good, and so um, <laughs> if we didn't start there and we're not going to end there, no, 
then that must mean that God hasn't given up yet. I think it's all healing. Like a lot of people think like, it's weird to talk about, but a lot of people think that Jesus died for our sins because if Jesus didn't die, God would have hated us and killed us. That's like a really, really childish way of putting it, but that's kind of how it comes off sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Jesus coming into the world is like, it's more healing than anything. And now like, and it's multiplying and it's something that is healing the world. It's it's bringing back. Yeah. Well, like God, I I actually got this from one of Father Ken's posts, and we're gonna have him on as a guest, yeah, uh, pretty soon here. But so good. Um, you know, he says all the time, God can't become something that's not good. Like God can't yeah. become something that He hates. So mm-hmm. for God to become humanity, wow, that must mean that humanity is good. That must mean that He doesn't hate humanity. It means that He hasn't given up. You know, sure. So um, it's just a powerful thought, and I think when we're talking about hope. Um, that's where the hope is. That's where the hope starts, is mm-hmm. that when we really, if we really do believe that, that Christ came and we believe that he came in the person of Jesus, then then we believe that God's not done yet. Wow. Can, mm-hmm. can I tell you guys one of my favorite stories? Yeah. Okay, so actually I just want to tell everyone in podcast land one of my favorite stories, and this is a little weird, a little out there, but it's so good. It's so true and amazing. I actually think I've told you guys this at separate occasions, but I just love telling these stories. So one of my favorite books, stories right now, is this book called Sandman by a guy named Neil Gaiman who writes a lot of really, really cool stuff. And Sandman, I mean, you know, like the Sandman is like the sleep guy, right? Something like that. So yeah, I don't really know how to describe him, but I mean, that's that's kind of what it's about. Yeah, it's literally just about that guy. And Metallica. There's a lot of, yeah, right, enter Metallica. And a lot happens in this story, but um, Sandman, another name for him is Dream. And at one point in the story, Dream uh, goes into the presence of Lucifer. He goes into hell. He's in front of the angel of light and music, you know. And um, he goes down there to find a a sacred object of his that had been taken years ago. And he addresses Lucifer, believing that one of his demons maybe has this object. Like I said, this is a weird story, but it's super cool. So while he's confronting the demon, um, Dream is challenged to this competition. He's like, you know, this demon's like, I'll give you, I'll give you your item. I'll give you this thing that you came here for, but I challenge you to a game. I challenge you to the oldest game, in fact. And I'm like, reading this, I'm like, oh my word, what is the oldest game? This sounds <laughs> awesome. And they start playing this game, and the the demon says something to the effect of, I am a fly, and I am able to fly around. And then Dream says something to the effect of, I am a ox, and I'm able to swat the fly with my tail. And then he says something to the effect of, I'm an amoeba, and I am able to destroy life, yeah, bring an end to life. And it just escalates and escalates. And it gets to this point where it's like, well, there, this can only escalate so far, you know, where is something mm-hmm. like this going to end? And he gets to the point where he says, I'm the earth and I br- and life grows on me. And he says, I am a supernova and I obliterate worlds, the demon says. And then uh, Dream says, I am the universe and everything that it is, is within me. And this demon says, I am entropy and I bring all that is to its end. And to which Dream replies, I am hope. Drops the mic <laughs> and takes his item and walks away. And all of hell is stunned. 
And then this demon just kind of gets his wits about him for a minute, and he goes, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. What makes you think we're going to leave? People don't dream in hell, so you have no power here. And he says something to the effect of, what would hell be without the dreams of heaven? And then later he says something to the effect of, if hell is anywhere, it is everywhere. But even just that, but at the same time, if heaven is anywhere, it is everywhere. And if mm-hmm. hope is anywhere, then it's for everywhere yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I just thought that was the coolest illustration of this silly little story, but it's also kind of how things are. It's right. like all these levels of how you can see things. Is everything going this way or is everything going this way? Right. It's like and hope is almost a, a level of reality above even entropy. Isn't that you know, nuts? even even the falling apart of everything, like hope is a reality above that. And I think that it's it's all a mindset and it's a shift, but it's also wow. an intention. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's yeah. something that we really need to pay attention to and focus on is that hope is not just a real it's not just a construct it's not just an idea it's a reality mm. it is a real thing and when we talk about hope it's not just to make ourselves feel good and it's not to convince ourselves that things are going to be okay when they're not hope is something that you work for yeah um and so something that i i had said uh when i talked yesterday at my church was that hope is about waiting and working and so there's like a level of waiting where it's like you do wait because you believe like we believe as Christians, as Christ followers. And if you're not a Christ follower, that's totally cool. Maybe you don't believe this. That's fine. I I like to believe this. (laughs) To me, it's a bummer to think someone wouldn't want to believe this. But for me, like Jesus said that he's coming back and he said that he's going to make all things new. And I know that that sounds crazy. And he's making all things new. Yeah. And and like, I know that that sounds crazy and it sounds out there, but I believe it. And I wait for that day. And I eagerly anticipate that day when all things will be made right. In the meantime, though, there's a working element because we are the body of Christ, is what the Apostle Paul writes, which means that we are the ones, we are the hands, we are the feet. Like, we are the ones, we are the agents Hmm. of hope. So, like, what yeah. I said yesterday was we are the hope people. Yeah, what are we going to be known for and known as? In the last year, I've just been to uh, all over the country and different churches for different various things. And a church, one church I was at in a town just north of us, you go to that town and everyone knows that church by name. And you mention it and they go, oh, you mean the healing church? Yeah, they're the healing people, you know? And... Then I was in New York a few weeks ago, which was so amazing. We got to work with a community called the New York Dream Center. They don't even have a building, but they're doing more on Manhattan. Like when when those hurricanes came back, I think, in 2012, and there mm-hmm. was a great How I Met Your Mother episode about it, there were people who were really hurting, and there were fires all over the city, and there were people who were trapped in their apartments, elderly people who were handicapped. And the Dream Center were the ones who were able to bring people food, visit with people, do all these things. And other churches banded together with them. And so when I was in New York uh, a few weeks ago, I asked people, whenever I mentioned the Dream Center, they go, anyone, Christian or non-Christian, would just go, oh, you're the outreach church. You guys are the outreach people. You know, you guys are the people who help the homeless community and those in need. That's literally what they're known as and known for. And all of those things are absolutely amazing. And I think they all fit into that we are the hope people, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. And I, 
what if that was what we were known as? You know, what if that was what we became known as? Is is we're the people that defiantly insist that there's better coming. Hmm. You know, even if it doesn't look like that, that's what hope is about. Yeah. Like we said, hope comes in those situations that you least expect it. So what if we were the hope people? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been like mulling over that, like since, since your talk yesterday, just trying to think practically, like, what does that look like in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, in my position right now, finances are really tough. Um, mm-hmm. my like just a lot uh, not even just finances but like the trajectory of my life is like so unclear but in all of the conversations that I've had about it I've always at the end of the conversation uh, resolved to know that my life is going to be awesome like yeah. everything's going to be great like <laughs> I'm not in the position that I want to be in yet but like it's coming soon and I don't have any real proof that any of the things that I'm working on are actually going to work, right. um, <laughs> or not work, or not work. I yeah, I have no proof. <laughs> I have no proof of really anything, and I don't think anybody else really does either. Like everybody just kind of does their own thing. That's another conversation that I had with a bunch of people over the last uh, couple weeks, um, asking all of my like specifically all my artist friends and all of my musician friends and everybody asking like, uh, well, what what are we supposed to be doing? Everyone's just kind of like throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and seeing what sticks and uh it's about it's about more than what you do but mm-hmm. just how you approach everything like having insistent hope um resilient hope yeah hey hey mm-hmm. um having that resilient hope that like sticks around even when nothing makes any sense and so for me believing that like i'm not going to be in this position for very much longer and everything's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Bill, Bill Hybels, he's a pastor of uh, Willow Creek church yeah. and his, his like more something he says a ton, I guess is the best way to say it mm-hmm. is he says the local church is the hope of the world. Well, I love that. That's like his phrase. And, and that is so inspiring to me because I really truly believe that if we are the hope people, if we believe that, God came to earth in the form of a man and he is not given up on us, then we have, we should not give up on mm. this whole thing. And if we are the ones that do it, then, then we are the hope. That means that we are the ones that work. We are the ones that do the things that need to be done. When yeah. we see suffering, we are the ones that are there. When we see hunger, we are the ones that feed. When we see mm. poverty, we are the ones that fix the system. Like we are the ones that do all those things. And, um, I, that's the most, that's the most, daunting and Mm. challenging and encouraging and beautiful thing that I've ever heard and that I've ever encountered. And this is something that's just been like a fire in my belly for these last few days is just, if I am the hope of the world, if, if I am the body of Christ and the local church is the hope of the world and we are the hope people, if we are the hope people, what does that mean? What does it really mean to spread hope and not just talk about it? Well, I heard someone say the other day that, um, a mentor had told him, you know, whatever makes you weep, like that's that's probably a part of your purpose. You're probably supposed to help with that. Aside from meeting immediate needs in your life, you know, it's like if you just weep for this injustice or if you're outraged or have this great conviction for this thing, 
then there's something in you. Recognize there's something in you that you are supposed to be the hope person for that situation. You are kind of the answer for that situation. You know, like the be the change you want to see in the world thing. Yeah, you are specifically equipped to like take care of that situation. yeah. And you have a heart for it. And uh, another thing I was thinking is like, how dare we blame God for problems that we were put here to solve sometimes, you know? Like, isn't that crazy and convicting? It's like the answer complaining to the person who asked the question. Mm. It doesn't work (laughs) or make sense. That's good. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. So, some things for you to chew on this Advent season. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This has been the Advent of Hope. And we're going to continue talking about a couple different qualities, peace and joy, mm-hmm. over these next couple weeks. And we're going to have some fun with it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we are going to now go, ha- go on to the takeaway. We are the hope people. We are the resilient ones. We are the insistent ones. We are the hope of the world. We are the ones that see what needs to be done and do it. We're the hope people. And that's another episode. Thank you so much for listening. To support us, you can rate or review on iTunes or check out our store at everythingislight.org. We have something real special coming up in the next few weeks where we are doing a listener-supported episode where we want to be able to take your questions and you get to guide where the conversation goes. Please send us any emails, feedback, or ideas for topics, questions even, to contact everythingislight at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Come a little closer, come a little... The rats don't eat all my Chipotle. (laughs) Let's get into it.
Take away, take away, get away, take away, take away, take away. That was John. That was Justin Taylor Thomas, right? Justin J-T-T. Bieber Taylor Thomas. Justin Bieber Taylor Thomas. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timber Taylor Thomas. Timber Taylor, the tool man. It was not JTT at all. It wasn't JTT. It wasn't JT. It wasn't JB. It wasn't any of them. It wasn't any one of them. No J's. I don't. I don't know. Are any of the Hanson brothers' name start with J? Hanson? <laughs> I don't know. Jack Hanson. Jack Hanson? Oh, Jack for like Handy. two seconds, I really sincerely thought Jonathan Taylor Thomas was Hanson's brother. <laughs> that was the trick. Taylor Thomas Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> he, his mother divorced and married the Hanson father. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor hyphen Hanson Thomas. <laughs> hyphen. Thomas Hansen. Call 1-800-Hansons. Get it done. Hansen steamer makes carpet cleaner. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I'm going to do the takeaway. Takeaway, takeaway.